Subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back, ninjas from around the world. Matt is here and Garrett will probably be here shortly. He's taking a little walk because he he declined to do the intro today. So y'all got me. And here we are. And so before we go into the topic, oh, there he is. Hey, Garrett, how are you? Morning, Matt. Good morning. <laughs> before we dive in, we have a lot of fun when we're not recording, by the way, as I'm sure all of you have probably figured out by now. So before we dive into today's topic, just some reminders about our Facebook group, right? Facebook.com slash group slash The Ninja Selling Podcast coming up on 9,000 people strong. We just did a live in there last week, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be doing more of that. So that's a benefit of being a part of the group. One, Garrett and I are in there having a lot of fun with you, answering questions. And the community is so amazing that most of the time when y'all are asking questions in there, you have people jumping on to respond within seconds and lots of people chiming in on different different topics. So really awesome community. Thank all of you who participate actively in that. And if you guys are curious to learn more about ninja selling, like, hey, listen to this podcast, ninja selling podcast, what's this ninja selling stuff? Well, head over to ninjaselling.com to learn more about what that's all about and grab a copy of the Ninja Selling book because everything you need to know about ninja selling, Larry Kendall wrote in the book. And last item, if you guys are looking for a particular podcast episode, curious if we did a topic on X, Y, and Z, just head over to theninjasellingpodcast.com and on the top right, there's a little search button and you can search all of our podcasts back from day one over three and a half years ago. So we have, what, 400 almost episodes for you to uh, search through. This is actually episode 379. So you have 378 additional episodes to look through. You can do it in an afternoon. It's an afternoon, sit down, light listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, about 30 minutes per. I mean, yeah, you could probably, uh, time and a half, double time. Some people listen to us I don't know how you... We talk fast already. I don't know how you're listening to us at double time. You got to get the full effect. You can't go double time. You got to like absorb what we're doing here. Like you can't just like speed it up like that and race through it. Maybe we should just start speaking slower. They're like, I thought I had this on double time. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Well, that's it. So welcome, everybody. We got a fun topic. There's a saying going around, Garrett. There's a saying that a lot of people are having fun with. And uh, you're not chatting. I'm, like, I'm kind of tired of hearing it. It's cute. I get it. I understand why it exists. It kind of makes the process a little bit more fun. But I think there's some nuance that we got to talk about here with this phrase. You want me to dive in? You're going to make me say it, huh? Yeah, I'm going to make you say it. All right. So this saying came up here a little while back. And as the rates were starting to climb... And people were trying to figure out, how in the world do I talk with my clients about this rate? And what does this rate mean moving forward? And this whole saying of date the rate, marry the house came out. And at first when I heard it, I was like, that's kind of interesting. And then there's a side of me that was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if that's really the message that we want to be talking about with our clients. So then Matt and I, I threw it in there as a like, well, what if we just talked about that on the podcast? And I brought it up to Matt and you could see Matt on the other end. See, I got a camera so I can see Matt and you could watch Matt's 
face change. <laughs> As I said, I said, oh, you have the same problem I have with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand why people are using it. I just, I feel like we're creating an, an underlying expectation by encouraging people to embrace, well, you're just dating your interest rate. You're marrying the house. Because you don't have to have it for you don't have to have it for the full thirty years that you've signed up for a purchase on this property. Like you don't. You could absolutely have a higher one if you'd like. You can refinance at any time and change that rate. It's like it's like dating. Like again, you can switch it up anytime you want, Matt. Yeah, you just have to pay for the entire refinance, the appraisals that go associated with it, whatever lender fees are there. And you might actually have to then refinance and do a higher rate if that's what you want to do. Oh, wait. Wait, that wasn't the intention. That wasn't the intention. <laughs> you didn't tell me I was going to date it and then have to like date down. I kind of felt like I could like date this one and then like date up. So I think that like there are some rates you can date, Matt. Like let's so let's talk about this for a second. Like there are arms. There are arms that you you will date. You know you're getting into a dating relationship with them. We know that it's not for a full 30 years. We're dating it. We know it's going to change. We know we're not having to refinance at that time for the most part. It usually just kind of rolls into what we know it's going to go into rate right at the time, give or take. But we are not, we're not locked into it. Was it two, two, one buy down? That's what it is, right? Some of that exists out there. Yeah. I mean, these are things that you can buy down the rate temporarily. Again, you can get a lower rate on it. You can get yourself in. You're dating that for a certain amount of time. Where it becomes a problem is this idea that's like, okay, don't worry about the rate. Don't get too stuck on that. You can always refinance down the road. But what if rates don't go down? What if we're setting them up for an expectation that these rates are going to go down and they're not going to, or they don't? And what happens is, is if you're looking at short-term relationships with selling, now it's a sales technique. See, now you're not educating them on what could happen down the road. And you're just going like, oh, you're just dating the rate. Don't worry about it. And they're like, oh, that's a great way to look at it. I'm just dating it. You've now acquired a sale of a client that could potentially in a handful of years go, oh, we just dated the rate. Like, there, wasn't that fun? Thanks, Matt. You just told me we dated the rate. And now I'm stuck here and my payment's higher than I want it to be. And I'm stuck dating a dog. That sounds horrible. <laughs> But it's seriously, it's like you pushed me into this thing and now I'm stuck with this thing. Now I'm like, what am I doing? That sales technique on it is what's going to make those people look back on you and go, you talked me into this by making it cute and fun. That is not the ninja approach. I'm just going to say that. What if 5%, which as of recording this, we are awaiting to hear what the Fed's going to do, which, by the way, does not directly correlate to mortgage rates, just an FYI. But on likelihood, mortgage rates might go up again a little bit. But let's just say it's 5%, right? You know, at the time that I was having some conversations with people on this saying mortgage rates are around 5%, and I even had a lender tell me as I was shopping for a rate for my house, well, don't buy down the rate because you can just refinance it next year when rates come down. I'm like, how do you know that's going to happen? What if 5% is the lowest we're going to see in the next 30 years? Let's just say that. Well, then I'm marrying the rate as well. I'm not just marrying the house. I'm marrying the rate. In all likelihood, I'm not going to live in the house for 30 years. In fact, I'll probably want to trade the house before I have an opportunity to trade the rate. So I might just be dating the house. But Matt, if the interest rate goes up, just think about what a smart purchase you're making right now. 
Well, of course. I mean, and this is the whole thing, right? So I like the phrase from the aspect of just trying to take, you know, the pressure off of the changes in rates that are going on. And I know that most of the people out there listening, if not every single person, is not going to encourage somebody to enter into a contract that would be financially irresponsible for that person. No one's going to encourage someone to do that. You don't think so? Well, at least the people listening to us. Oh, I know. I know. This is why I don't like the saying. I trust the people that are listening to us. <laughs> right. Well, and I think language matters because non-consciously too, we may just like inadvertently, you know, encourage a client to be like, well, you know, I can stomach, you know, an extra $500 a month for the next year, but then I'm, I'm really going to need to fix that payment, you know, because that long-term, even though I qualify for that long-term, that's not really a payment that I want to handle. And if rates come back down, then I'll be okay. And that's my challenge here is I think we need to make sure that people are buying homes with the understanding that like, this is my payment. I can handle this payment for the long term because this is how people get into trouble with foreclosures, right? Because two, three years down the road, they're like, I'm not having fun making this payment, so I'm just going to stop paying it or I'm going to struggle paying it. And that's when banks come back and say, give me the house. And we don't want to see that happen again. So I think it's okay to use the phrase as long as we're then going into a conversation like, but let's be prepared like as we're buying this house, like it's got to be fully comfortable for you all around, right? Does that make sense? No, it does make sense, Matt. And the, and the whole time we're talking about this, what I wrote down was as long as I've been in real estate, and I don't know where we rank in the term of like how people look at real estate agents as salespeople right now. I haven't done the like, oh, we're like just one step above a politician and a car salesman. Like, Has there been a new study done? I don't know. They used to say that all the time. Like, this is where we rank in the world of sales. We'll just say real estate has historically never been one that we've ranked very high in where people go like, oh, they've got our back. Like, there's a lot of people out there that are like, yep, they're just trying to get a sale. There's a reason people have some energy that they carry with them about real estate agents and they're so questioning because of things that have been done throughout the years. This is one of those sayings that it could work out for you. You know, they could walk away with it and be like, you know, the realtor, like, again, was standing with my best interest. This is also one of those sayings that if you decide to go down this with your clients, it could come back and bite you. It could be that kind of energy that comes with it where they're like, yep, just trying to make a sale. Weren't out for my best interest at all. And that's where I have a problem with it. That is where we need to be so careful. And at the end of the day, like part of my whole mission when it comes to this podcast, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to helping with Ninja out there and implement Ninja into the world is to create a better name for real estate agents, hands down. And not just real estate agents, it's just general population. If you're doing sales to create a better interpretation of what a salesperson is and how we show up for our clients and where our heart is invested in the long-term relationship of creating the best life and best situation for them. And this could backfire on you, this direction and this, this saying and this energy. You could very easily have somebody that your long-term relationship gets bent because, yep, I got sold. I got sold by my realtor that I thought I was going to just date this thing for a little while and then I could you know, fix it. And I pushed myself to a higher payment than I was comfortable with. It was just short-term, Matt. Yeah, it's just, it's just right now, they're going to come back down. That's the whole reason we just wanted to talk about this today. I don't know how long this, this episode is going to be today, Matt. This is more of a, of a rant. 
I guess for us, it's kind of like a PSA. I mean, this is a communication matters. Words, particularly in the sales space. I mean, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But words in a sales situation do matter, right? How we converse with our clients, how we communicate, it impacts the way they think about the process. And I just don't want anybody to end up a year from now doing a real estate review and that client saying, so Garrett, you told me about dating the rate is now a good time to refinance. And you're looking at interest rates at seven and 8%. And you're like, oh, well, maybe not. This goes back, Matt, to like when we're talking about helping somebody through the buyer's process. And you know, when you have conversations and when you talk about stuff and when things can seem like a good conversation and when things can seem salesy. So like we talk about, like when you're getting somebody ready to go through the buyer's process before you go out and look at homes, that's your chance to ask somebody, when we find your house, what are you guys going to do? And we get to talk to them when they're like, well, I'm going to sleep on it because that's what my parents told me. Like I should do that instead of just jumping in and writing my contract. We can have the conversation in this marketplace about what does it mean to sleep on a house overnight? What are the chances that that house might not be there the next day? Let me tell you about a client that slept on the thought of buying the house and the next morning woke up and that house wasn't available. You know, we could talk about those conversations at the right time with those people, and it's not salesy. In the moment of standing in the house that they love, and they're going, Oh my gosh, this is the most amazing house. We love it. I love this. I love the pulls on the cabinets. Like, this is the most special thing I've ever seen in my house, in my life ever. Let's sleep on it tonight. We'll write an offer in the morning. Now, if you're sitting there and you're like, All right, guys, let's talk about the last time I saw somebody that slept on the house and lost their dream home. Are you really want to do that? Well, in this moment, now it's salesy. Now you are trying to get them to do something and to change their course of action where we could have had the conversation a long time ago. Now we're having this conversation in the moment. This goes back to this saying. This saying, I guarantee you, is not being talked about at the actual buyer's consultation when we're talking about what do interest rates mean right now? And where are these things going? And how could this you know, affect you down the road? Let's talk about what your conversations were with your lender. If there's a fear around this right now, you can have an early conversation. You might use something like this, but I wouldn't use it that early on. This saying, I guarantee you, is being used at the moment that you're trying to get someone to write a contract. They're worried about the interest rate and we're going, date the rate. And that that's where the issue is with that. It. It's not just the saying, but it's where you would use that saying when the opportunity comes up, which now it's a weird sales technique. And that's where the, the problem lies. That's a good point. And it makes me think it's also being tacked on to a lot of times at the beginning of the process right now, we're saying, hey, you know, let's not delay. Let's make haste because as rates continue to go up, you know, the sooner we lock in, the sooner we're good. But then at the back end, we're saying, oh, but you're just you're just dating that rate. It's like, wait, so you're telling me that rates are continuing to go up, but then I'm going to be able to get a lower one? It gets very confusing as well. And even if we are trying to be clear about timeframes and stuff, I just think it just muddies the waters for sure. And so maybe this, this highlights at that buyer consultation, which part of the 10-step buyer process involves discussions with lenders and pre-approvals early, early on. So hopefully they're having this rate discussion with their lender. And I know this is more work, but I think it would certainly behoove agents to have the conversation with lenders 
to understand how are they talking to buyers about this? Because the one person who told me like, oh yeah, don't buy the rate down because you can just refinance it next year. How do you know that? I mean, yes, I can refinance it next year, but I may not be refinancing it for a lower rate. And what's it going to cost me to refinance? Like, unless you're going to guarantee me a no cost refinance at this point, like, come on. So Matt, here's the, here's the funny thing. Right now, I guarantee you from the first time I heard this saying to the moment that we're having this recording in this episode, I know for a fact there are freshly minted postcards going out somewhere in the mailbox that says, date the rate, marry the house. I guarantee it. I guarantee you one will show up in my mailbox and I'm going to be like, oh, they're coming. They're out there. I know for a fact there are people listening to this right now going, yep, I made that postcard. It just went out. Yeah, which it's okay. Because now you have the opportunity to have a discussion. Here's how I would look at it, Garrett, as a way to kind of like, how do you keep yourself secure in how you're talking to your clients is picture yourself a year from now at your real estate review. Are you going to be comfortable talking about all that stuff that you talked about a year ago at that real estate review? How's that rate you're dating? How's it working out? She's good. Nice doll, Frank. Cheated on you, huh? Yeah, that's fun. Why are you just dating her? Like, at least you're not married to it. It's like, actually, we're thinking about moving. Oh, so you did marry the rate the entire time while you owned the house. Okay. All right. I think we're good, Matt. I think we got it out of our system. I think we are good. I want to say thank you to everybody for uh, joining us on this little journey that we we are on this morning. Matt begrudgingly was like, are we really doing a podcast topic on this? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was worth it. All right. That's good. Well, to everybody out there, thank you as always for listening. A uh, nice little short episode for you. If you want to check out more about what we're doing, you can come see us at ninjaselling.com. That was where you can learn about all the trainings and online offerings that are there. You can also learn about our coaching program and Mastery. If you've gone through an installation, you're an installation graduate. Mastery is amazing and that's available to you. And uh, yeah, we'd love to see you. Join us on the uh, the podcast uh, community on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to have you there. A lot of great people, a lot of great energy, a lot of great ideas. And thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody out there. Thanks, everyone. Have an awesome day. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.